the Judgment Day Refreshment Committee. I'm your host as ever, sexy, sexy Dory Peacock. With me today, as always, is my co-host, Prestitimitation, Timothy Maurice. Yeah, this is a light as a, as a father. Stiff as a parental board. Parental board. <laughs> With us today, we have a third. We have a guest. She's got Morgan than your Gan. It's Allie Morgan. Yes. I am obsessed with you guys already. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for letting me be a guest. Oh. Thank you for being our guest. And we welcome, have... welcome to our little uh what's it's not Co- a blood coven. coven. It's not a blood coven. Mm, just a coven. Because oh. it's PG, it's like a PG coven. Yeah. So no blood. What is, is there wh- a chance later that may, maybe like blood? a mud coven? Yeah. <laughs> mud. Our mud coven. <laughs> welcome, to the, welcome to the mud the mud coven over here. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Oh. <laughs> and welcome welcome dear listener. You can uh you can join us in our mud coven. You can be our fourth yes. and help us call the corners. We are fourth <laughs> to call the corners of the cardinal directions. Because that's that's like a that's a magic sounding thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Wow, should we uh, should we get into the week, Dory? Oh my gosh, Dory M. So stuff that has happened. Some weird things have been happening in the YA world, haven't they, Tim? Oh yes, precious, have they? Yeah, Tim. What weird things have you seen that have happened? Oh well, first off, uh, I can't believe I ha- have said this sentence multiple times because I keep explaining this to people. There is a new property on Netflix. Uh, called Neo Yokio. What is Neo Yokio? You may ask. Well, <laughs> as well, I will. Mm-hmm. The the lead singer of Vampire Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen many a Vampire Ali's Weekend. Ali's eyes in my just day. widened yeah. at the sound. <laughs> Made an anime. Yeah, that is one part uh, Rushmore, the Wes Anderson movie. One part like label horror. Like people who are like obsessed with like Dolce and Gabbana and Louis Vuitton and mm-hmm. and Cartier and all that. Yeah. And one part Jaden Smith's Twitter feed. Mm. <laughs> That's my four favorite parts of anything. Yeah, and it's it's kind of this. It's been amazing because I I watch a lot of anime. All my friends love anime. Uh, a lot of my friends online, and we are just kind of bewildered by it. It is one of the strangest, <laughs> most terrible, most watchable, entertaining things we have ever seen. <laughs> Because it stars actual human uh, human dreadlock Jaden Smith, yeah, with with pink dreadlocks, yeah, in, in the show, wow. and it's and he has the worst delivery. God bless you, Jaden. Acting's not for you, honey. <laughs> well, it's so like we watched an episode of this, and it's so like I feel like they just took every everything that is like a little bit weird or funny about anime to Americans and amplified that. I've thought about that. Mm. I I've decided that's true, but. Only if your reference for anime is not good anime, and I've pretty much come to decide Ezra Koenig, the is that the guy, the guy who's uh, the lead singer of Vampire Weekend who made this, does love anime. He just likes terrible anime. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened. That's a thing. That's a thing that happens. Oh, what did um, you see that happened? Okay, so I found out because Amazon had their annual um, five dollar book sale. That Stephanie Meyer, <gasps> the goddess herself, the yeah. goddess herself who walks among us, has written a spy novel. <gasps> it is called The Chemist. Oh, oh my! Is wow. it Chemist no. with a Y? Oh no no no! It's just the, <laughs> it's just spelled normal. But, I wish it huh. had a Y. 
Uh, me too. But let me, let me, so hmm. you may say to yourselves, Dory. Dory. Does this book have any action in the first mm, 10 minutes of the audiobook, as one would expect with a spy novel. Does it? It does not. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it is very tell, in, in the tradition of our beloved Stephanie, it is very tell, not show. <laughs> so the actual action that happens is a girl walking around changing outfits. And, Which um, is what girls do, to be fair. Yeah, I did that uh, today. Girls, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, everyone knows. That's the great part about being a spy <laughs> is putting a dummy of yourself in a bed and then wearing a hat. Um, <laughs> and, Wouldn't and, it be great if that's all it is? Like you I go think to, that is all it is. She has like a few throwaway lines you, about you like, go oh, to like one time the assassins tried to kill me. The other time they tried to kill me, and I was like, hey, here's a tip: start your book with that. <laughs> I, I would love it if it's like spy adventure camp and all it is is like two classes. One, it's like how to try on hats and the other one, just like how to make a dummy and put it in your bed. Oh my god, That's gosh. the whole it's, thing. It's so... You pay $300 oh. for the weekend. It's great. Has anyone imprinted on No, there's yet? been no imprinting yet. Pass. But I'll tell you like... <laughs> <laughs> hard, hard, hard pass. No imprinting. I don't want it in my YA. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta tell you, I read the... I read the publisher summary on Audible for it, mm. and maybe if you're lucky, I'll read it in a minisode. But the publisher summary even was such a muckinfess. <laughs> like it was, it was literally like if you asked a 15 year old to describe a, a spy book to you, and they're like, "Yeah, she's like a chemist, and she's like the best chemist, and then she like escapes a government agency, and then she's like one more job." And they're like, we need you to do one more job. And she's like, no, not a job, but she does a job. And then as she's doing the job, there's like a guy and they fall in love. There, and then there's like one more job. Like, Is there a boy in this? Because there has to be a boy. Yeah. yeah, there's a boy. Do we meet him in the first 10 minutes? We do not. Uh. You need to finish this and tell me how the boy is. Oh, no, no, no. See, this is the thing. I listen. I bought it. <laughs> and I listened to the first Bless 10 minutes. You. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to murder me. I, I'm going to murder me. Oh, no, but finish it. I don't. Maybe someday. I will. Maybe someday. Do when it. I'm just I'll do it. Enough. <laughs> yes. You you do a book report and come back and <laughs> let us know. Do it for oh, science. Oh, also, yes. have you been wondering to whom this book is dedicated? Is it Madame Curie? Mm, Robert Pattinson. Mm, it is dedicated to Jason Bourne, a pretend person who she's whose books of she's course. trying to copy. It's oh. kind of funny though, in a way, because whereas Twilight is like woman porn in that it is very specifically an escapist fantasy that's hyper targeted towards women uh-huh. like one gender yeah the born series is kind of twilight for men it's kind of like imagine oh, that, i get it imagine that through no skill of your own you wake up one day and find out that you're persecuted and also hyper talented mm. and can run around and fight people yeah I, I it's me, women want to fall in love with the vampire men want to be jason born it's so yeah. to be fair, no, it kind I, of makes sense. I get that. What's dedicated what's, to Jason Bourne? Dedicated to Jason. Literally, oh, that's sweet. It's like her. It's like her kids, her sister, and then Jason Bourne. Mm. And I'm like, f you, Stephanie Meyer. Mm. She also. It, I don't know. There's things about it that are hilarious. Like the publisher's summary is just ridiculous. And then, what was I going to say about it? Oh, why don't why don't thoughts stay in my head? Yeah, there's that, and there's also that she tries to do that thing spy and mystery novelists do, where they t- they talk about how uh, mundane spying often is, 
you know, instead of driving a black Audi, you want to drive like a Honda Accord or whatever in order to show how much they know about the spy life. <laughs> and I'm like, Stephanie Meyer, it is clear you know 0% about the spy life. Yeah, Stephanie, if you're hearing this by some miracle, like, let's be real, girl. You don't do a lot of research. No. You maybe and- should. <laughs> And the thing that crops up in all of her books that she actually is good at writing about is a very severe clinical depression. Um, so, Stephanie, please, like, like, there's help out there. Come on. <laughs> That's the thing, like, as I've gotten older and I've read her books, instead of being like, oh, these are unhealthy for the children, I'm like, is she okay? <laughs> is honey, she? Honey, are is you she okay? okay? Yeah. She needs to call somebody. <laughs> so, Stephanie, if you're listening, just, like... If Get you're, help, if, man. If the you're church, okay, the church has all sorts Stephanie, of great resources. Stephanie, if you're okay, just like skywrite like something sweet for us. <laughs> or you know what, Stephanie, tweet at us. Tweet at us. Or- JD, JDRC love. Is it at? No, it's at JD Refcom love. Yeah, we gotta change that. It probably is like a cry for help though, because she didn't. She didn't have to write it. Yeah. Like, yeah. She I feel like, have to write I feel like we've else. given too many thoughts for the night at the chemist. <laughs> also, like crazy weight gain. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It. Yeah. I'm gonna start my own podcast. Well, because it's, it's been a packed week. There's one more thing <clears throat> that is amazing. Uh, Allie Morgan, have you, you you have not heard of Handbook for Mortals? Have no, you? no, 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 no. Just briefly, and when you mentioned it before this. Okay. So you haven't heard of the New York Times bestseller, Handbook for Mortals. No. It is one of the only books to ever get kicked off number one of the New York Times bestseller list. Whoa. Yeah. So this is a crazy thing I've been reading about that a lot of like book journalists have been keeping up with. Um, so there is a YA author who wrote a book, uh, apparently not very good book, called... <laughs> what? What? <laughs> no! Bad YA. What? what? <laughs> it's, it's like magicians. It's like Twilight with magicians. That's the gimmick. Mm, gotcha. Um, she uh, she used to manage the band that the guy that plays Jasper in the Twilight movies was in. Mm. <laughs> really? Oh, she's been in, she's happening. been in L.A. doing or not L.A. She's been in Las Vegas doing entertainment. So, so wait, she wrote this book? She wrote this book. She hired mm. and it was on the New York Times bestseller list for selling eighteen hundred copies, and people were kind of like, wait, which is good for the New York Times bestseller list, and someone was like wait a minute, why don't we know anything about this book? We have not seen any, like, press release for it, little blurb for it. It's almost no one can get a copy of it. So people started doing some digging, and they found out that she calls a bunch of different uh, bookstores, order them in bulk, so she can then ostensibly give them out at conventions. And she gamed the system and she got the order number. Those order numbers are then reported to New York Times. Like they would ask the stores before they ordered them if they were New York Times stores. And they cheated their way basically, legally, technically, onto the New York Times bestseller list. Oh, that is nuts. I want a book about that. Yeah. So apparently she hired like a firm that Mm. like deals with like guerrilla marketing to help her do it. (laughs) Uh, Apparently she was... It, it, she's friends with the guy from Rookie for the Year. Okay. Rookie of the Year, yeah. Who would give away these books at cons. Apparently she's been giving away these books at cons. Uh, hmm. But there's no way to verify the receipts of all the people who ostensibly have bought them. Um, so it's 
and she like first denied working with the company and then there's someone's like we have receipts that you worked at this company and then she's like well i mean maybe i asked him for like some tips that that's oh. insane Jasper from Twilight's band manager. Yeah, and, oh. and how could you? It got to a point where there we was trusted an, you. <laughs> it got to a point where there was an IMDb page for the movie that wasn't yet been made or greenlit, and she was listed as playing the main character. Oh wait, so has somebody has somebody actually bought the rights to make the book into a movie? Maybe they have. I don't know for sure though. Because I knew that this story, like, it, there was something you would put on our Twitter about how this like incepted itself. Like, somebody wrote a fake think piece about the fake movie of the fake book or something like that. I don't know if this was that. I will say that it got so (laughs) crazy that one of the, like the, the, one of the authors of the infamous fan fiction, my immortal, which if you don't know what that is, just know that it's an infamously bad Harry Potter fan fiction from the 2000s that involves like a lot of weird goth And was named references. after an Evanescence song? Yes, it was. What? Thus as being a teenager in the 2000s. Ah. One of the authors of that fanfic came out and said, by the way, this is so crazy. No, I had nothing to do with it. Oh, good. <laughs> Just in case, because I'm, I'm connected to this other crazy thing. I had nothing to do with this crazy thing. Anyway... <laughs> Huh, but is it bad that it's making me want to read the book? It's apparently, like, unreadable. Like, it's boring. I'll do it. Oh. Mm. Yeah, that is the, as we say around here, that's the cardinal sin. Boring. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that is nuts. Well, speaking of magicians and magic and things that are not boring, we're now going to talk about the movie we watched for this episode. The Crash. The craft. Ooh, the craft. The craft. The oh. craft. It's about mac and cheese. It's about making mac and cheese from a blue box. <laughs> Wouldn't you I love like a, a movie and it's just like <laughs> mac and cheese? It's like that biopic about the McDonald's guy, but it's just about like the one sad like food engineer who has the breakthrough <laughs> with craft mac and cheese. No, it's like the it's like the sex scandal involving that little orange dinosaur. It's like a Michelle Gondry movie. <laughs> Oh, yes, Gondry. Oh, I, I find him so insouciant. Or no, no, not Gondry. What's the guy who does the... I don't know, Tim. Who's, who am I thinking of? The guy that wrote Michael Being Bain. John Malkovich. <laughs> it's, like a being, it's like a Being John Malkovich. It's about like a sad guy <laughs> no, who like no, is like no. a craft mac and cheese engineer. I'd watch it. And then he gets to... And then he finds a door that goes into the brain of that little orange dinosaur. Oh. You're trying to bring it back around. I like that. I'm, that I'm really trying to bring the dinosaur yeah. back around. He doesn't get enough credit. Oh my gosh! Who's the, what's this dinosaur? The craft dinosaur like the in box. all the mac and cheese commercials. Oh, and he I forget was like that he's real. Or yeah, unless he just had the SpongeBob ones. And oh. I really want him to have a sex scandal. <laughs> <laughs> that could happen. <laughs> he just heard that. We'll he, just heard, he just heard me say <laughs> that. <laughs> this time he heard it. Tim's <laughs> here. Well, I wanted to make sure I had some research ready to go on our on our stuff. So mm. the craft. I have vague. Memories of this movie coming out when I was quite young and thinking like, oh, that looks like the scariest thing ever. <laughs> and it came out in what, 97, 98? It's a little freaky. 96. 90, oh, it was 96. Oh. One year before Our Lady, Buffy the Vampire Slater. Buffy was 97. The TV show, not the movie of mm. Buffy. Yeah, the movie was what, 88 or something? Yeah. So good, by the way. So good, the Buffy movie. I mean, and by good, I mean bad in the best way. I bring it up because it, the craft kind of retroactively feels a little bit like Buffy, like the TV show. Like there's kind of some Willow vibes going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like sexy lesbian Willow vibes, although there probably is some lesbianness in the craft somewhere, but 
you know. It's it's kind of it's very buried. It's very hidden in there. Allie, do you have any '90s memories of this movie? No, no memories. Uh, I was busy with Homeward Bound. I think <laughs> the, but, the song or the movie. Uh, <laughs> both in different <laughs> ways. I'm more sensitive the song. Um, no, but after I watched it over here, I felt like a dummy because I like went and told my friends. I was like, just watch this weird ass witch movie, and uh, they were all like, yeah, they crashed. They're like, we've, we've all seen that. Like, <laughs> like, oh. like well, we have VHSs of it, like, recorded from TV. So I've asked a lot of people, and I think there's a lot of people who haven't seen it, and it's one of those things where you saw it in the 90s story. I kind of came to it two or three oh, years ago. Oh, no, I ago. didn't see it as a child. I saw it with you the first oh, that's time right. two or three years ago. And then During Bad Movie Summer, which uh, is legendary. We did oh, not see it during Bad Movie fun. Summer. The Craft was not Bad Movie. The Craft wasn't during Bad Movie Summer? <laughs> it was not. The Craft is not Was it bad during movie. Halloween? Was it when we watched Things? The it next was Halloween, week? yeah. Oh, okay. We had to watch mm. The Craft. We had, there was a time when Tim had a movie club and we would watch something different every week. And he was like, I want to do a bad movie month. And Bad Movie Month somehow turned into Bad Movie Summer. <sighs> that sounds amazing. It was. Those are my favorite movies. It was mm. fantastic. Yeah, no, I don't. I never saw this as a little kid because obviously my mom would never have let us see this because <laughs> I don't know if I've ever like made this clear to you, Tim, but like um, Satanic Panic of the 80s hit Emory County pretty hard. Oh, I was just not allowed to watch rated R movies as a teen. Yeah, oh, we, oh, we didn't watch rated R movies either, but like especially not like Satan, like anything that would look a little satanic or gothic or what? Like what that. is the craft? The Craft is a movie about four teenage girls who get involved with witchcraft to their detriment. Nailed it. It's funny because we've looked at a lot of witch media, Dory and I, doing research for what we want to cover on this podcast. Well, and how to summon Baphomet. Yeah, yeah. And we like we even watched like an episode of like the Hallmark Channel original TV series, The Good Witch. Yeah, we, we did do like, that. Like, that's what we do for you people. <laughs> I still feel like the... Mm. Thanks, guys. But there's, like... <laughs> there's a lot of witch shows uh, that usually involve, like, women finding their power, and it's usually, like, women finding, like, sisterhood, or motherhood, or sisterhood, or... Or both. Practical, or both. practical magic is both. Or also just sisterhood. but the craft is interesting in that it was kind of this first time for a while where we had women who were witches who just were like friends and then fought with each other like viciously. And that's kind of what it is. It's kind of like mean girls before mean girls, but with witches. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Is that it's, it's a cult mean girls. You can even see, like, forerunners of Mean Girls in, in that. Like, the blonde girl who is racist. And there's some, there was some bullying moment in it that I was like, yeah, that's, like, straight out of, out of Mean Girls. I can't remember what it was, though. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's such a weird thing. So it kind of centers around this girl who moves from, like, the East Coast or the Midwest to Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Uh, her mother died when she was very little, and we find out that she is a natural witch. So she naturally has magic powers, doesn't have to try very hard. Right. She lucky. falls in with a group. Yeah, lucky. Like, really, like, really, like, mundane magical powers. Like, like, sometimes she can change the weather on a whim. 
Um, she yeah, you know, normal pencil. stuff. We all can do. She can, she can, you like, can just balance a she pencil. She can balance a pencil. She can't, like, move <laughs> objects with her mind. She can, like, balance a pencil with her mind, though. Yeah, but like on a but like on its tip. Like yeah. on its tip. It was and like make it spin a little bit. Yeah. So she has <laughs> these mundane magical powers. Uh falls in with a group of outcasts. Uh befriends them sort of. You're never really this is the other thing is like you're never really sure how much they actually like each other. Well, it's funny because they they seem to at points. Yeah. Like they have like fun slumber parties and when they're not doing mm-hmm. witch stuff, they do like teenage girl stuff like pedicures and watching TV. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of that, and mm-hmm. and Nev Campbell plays a woman, plays a young woman who is like very disfigured by some kind of mysterious scars all over her body. Oh yeah. And when when she removes the scars with magic, she also learns how to do hair. It's like all of the witches are have like a, a thing that like is their damage. Uh, Sarah, the out of towner who comes in and is our main character, is like a cutter because um, mm-hmm. she hallucinates because she sees weird witch stuff. Because she's a natural. Yeah. Uh, Faruja Balk, <laughs> who, by the way, was a witch once already as a child. Faruja Balk played the worst witch in the worst witch TV movie with Tim Curry. And now she's a witch again. And oh, is she a witch? <laughs> oh, is she? <laughs> and her whole thing is she's uh, got... Uh, she's poor. Al- she's, she's in poverty and she has an alcoholic, abusive stepfather. Uh, uh, Nev Campbell is like burn scars on her back that make her like mousy and like put her hair over her face and uh one of them is black and that's not to and that's her whole problem her whole problem is she's black and marcia brady is a bitch to her yeah that's the whole problem racist (laughs) (laughs) the the there's this one girl in school who's just mean to her and is also marcia brady in the brady bunch movie yeah jen jen marcia 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 (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's kind of a ridiculous, it's, it's, it's one of those like hit them with their own words, teen premises, like a little bit. It, it was also, I don't know. It came out before Columbine, but I felt like even before that in the nineties, there was a real like vibe about the dangerous outcast. In, especially in like teen bit. culture that like... But the funny thing about this movie the, the is The people who aren't treated well will become powerful and It's and definitely you. for the outcasts. Yeah, but that's also like, like that... The dangerous outcast is also a panner... A power fantasy. Yeah. Hmm. I think it's kind of fun. Like, Fruja Balk is like... Everyone else is kind of like just kind of off-brand goth. Like, they wear a little bit of black in their clothes. Fruja Balk is like... Deep, pale makeup, black lipstick. Like, they get off a bus at one point, and the guy says, Watch out there, girls. There's a lot of weirdos out there. And she pulls down her shades and looks over and says, Hey, mister, we are the weirdos. <laughs> and it's... That's the best. It's the closest you're going to get to someone who's, like, a punk or a, a punk or rocker or a goth in a teen movie marketed to everybody. Which this movie was. Yeah. I couldn't tell, because I thought that... What's her name? Sarah? Is that her name? Our cutter? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought she would end up being... I don't know. I thought it would be one of those, like, they were super weird, but they were my friends, and they were the best people at the school. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my... No! No! <laughs> like, perks of being a wallflower, yeah. but with witches. <laughs> yeah. Turns out, in the end, the, the goths were as bad as you yeah, thought they, they were. Yeah, they are not Janice But it's Ian. funny, because, like, they definitely humanize all of them. Yeah. Like, they all... Like Nancy, like Nancy, who is Faruja Balk, is crazy man. 
<laughs> so crazy. Oh, like, you, you should watch the movie, if anything, just to let yourself see Nancy do what Nancy do. Like, dr- like starts levitating, drags her boots oh. across the floor, starts screaming at people, blinks extra hard at <laughs> every line read. Watch her, like, Cheshire cat grin happen. It's huge. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's amazing. But, like, at the end of the day, you're like, wow, I am sorry. You have an abusive uh, alcoholic stepfather. Then you live in poverty. Yeah. But also, like, stop trying to kill your friend, maybe. Yeah. Like, I was, like, Team Nancy all the way until the end. Until, until <laughs> things like, got murdery. Like, even when she, like, essentially raped a boy, I was like, okay. Yeah. I still am kind of Team Nancy. So this is one of those rare movies where the boy gets raped. Yeah. Well, after trying to rape a woman. Yeah, but in fairness, that's because the love spell turned into a rape spell. Ah, uh, danger. Oh, yeah. This movie has you, a love spell. Whatever you put out there comes back to you three times, Which I guess. Which I guess is if you make a boy love you by accident, you... He'll uh, rape you. He'll want to rape you. I've thought about that. <laughs> whatever comes back, whatever you put out there, comes back to you three times. Correct like, me if I'm wrong, but in modern days... You've been days, thinking about that a lot this week? Yeah, like because my hair's been falling out in the shower and I keep picturing Marsha being bald. Like, what I do. Did I get magic ringworm? Yes, something. I feel like there's no way... I feel it's kind of funny that the love spell turns into a rape spell because when you think about it when the modern sensibilities of consent, it's kind of hard to see a love spell as anything but a rape spell. If it, If it... Unless it's like very chaste love spell. Yeah. It would have to be like a, I want you to be my best friend type of spell. Or like we're teenagers in Hogwarts and we're just kissing a lot. That's what I was picturing. There's no sex in those books, you guys. Some snogging. Those teenagers don't have time for hormones. (laughs) They're trying to outlive the war. It's like a Greek tragedy. (laughs) Everything good happens off stage. Mm -hmm. Um, I get so distracted. I don't know what it is about this movie. I feel like there's a tradition in witch movies of casting... Uh, of casting. <laughs> um, like a, a person, a, a person as like the wise guide in Teen Witch. It's that um, lady from Poltergeist. And in this movie, it's this weird, it's this weirdly obscure Spanish actress who was in a series my dad and I watched together when I was in junior high called the Sharp Series, <laughs> which is an awesome British, I want to say it's a mini series, but it's not mini. It's like 12, 13 episodes. Each one is like its own movie. Each one is like two hours long. It aired over the course of like, of like 10 years. It was like one of the first things Elizabeth Hurley was in. And it stars Sean Bean as our baby, our, our Sean, Sean Bond, Sean Bean, <laughs> my boyfriend, <laughs> As the captain of this regiment of sharpshooters in the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. And he's he's like their captain and he's like rough and tumble but with a heart of gold and like mm. kind of a sex addict. Is she one of the sharpshooters? <laughs> no. Aww, she plays... That would be so cool. Oh, but she is cool. She plays his girlfriend, Teresa, who is... The captain of a group of guerrilla fighters. Oh, wow. And she's a deadly assassin whose victims call her the needle because she has a preference for stabbing peeps in the neck. Why why, why am I not watching this? I don't know. I'll borrow the DVDs from my dad when I go home. (laughs) Thank you. But yeah, and so every time I've watched this movie, whenever she comes on screen, she's like, you you are a natural witch. You have the powers of your mother. I'm like, Teresa, watch out. Generalissimo. (laughs) Lady (laughs) Feliz. 
<laughs> it's funny because they go to this store in L.A., which presumably gets enough business. I don't know how. Oh, it's L.A. It, it totally would. It, yeah. There's a, so presumably these aren't the only goth witches in, at the only high school in L.A. Of course not. Of Even course though they shoplift not. from this store frequently, and the lady yeah. knows they do it and lets them do it. But it's funny because there's at one point where in the movie where Fruja Balk decides, oh, I've gotten everything I want. Now I want absolute power and I'm going to channel the great spirit of all nature. Of Manon. And then she like pulls this book <laughs> that is going to like give her like godlike powers, which presumably this other witch knows because in this universe, witchcraft is the real deal. And like the book is, and this is like the scariest book ever. And she's like, oh, you can't do this unless you're like the most advanced witch. And Fruja Box was like, just sell me the book. And she's like, okay, it's $25. Yeah, this is it's $25 for the secrets to call the most powerful force of nature <laughs> in the world. At this witch store. Don't worry. We take care of our customers. It's like maybe you, you know, I feel like you could charge more for that. Um, given, I mean, its, given its potency. You, you can fill yourself with the great eternal spirit of Menol, but it's behind a paywall. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those. What if they combine that with like the new Star Trek? What combine witches with Star Trek? Yeah, like they start putting like you see like if actual magical powers existed, you just had to get get oh, them they... on a subscription service. Oh, a subscription service, and you just like bundle it with like TV shows people want to watch, like the new Star Trek show. I'm I'm pretty sure that's we're how still bitter about work. Star Trek being behind a paywall. In case you haven't noticed, yeah, I'm, I really <laughs> resent that. Um, there was something funny. Oh. Yeah, this is one of those teen properties where, like, adults are absent or useless. Like, her dad and her stepmom are in the, the, the main girl, her dad and stepmom, in the picture for, like, a minute. Although it's one of those rare movies where she's not, like, resentful towards the stepmom. The stepmom's just kind yeah, of there. She just exists. She's sad. It's not like, oh, I hate my step. Well, it, presumably the stepmom is her mom on some level because her real mom died when she was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Well, but like this is like this. You meet the dad and stepmom once. The dad never says anything like, "Hey, your friends are kind of weird," or like, "Hey, honey, are you making any friends at school?" Nothing. And then the one adult who like kind of knows the score is like, mm, "Yeah, you know what? Twenty five bucks." Or when, <laughs> or when she shows that. up and she's like, "Oh shit, my friend has absolute power and she's trying to murder me. What do I do?" She's like, "You know what we should do." Summon absolute power. Seriously. Come, come back behind this corn, uh, this curtain that I won't let anyone go behind in my store. I have a bunch of neon lights and crosses. <laughs> the one good adult in this movie is like, "Hey, come to my secret room." <laughs> I always feel so weird watching movies as adults now, where I'm like, "No, go tell, tell an adult." This will all be But she's the only adult to tell because she's the only witch who's like bona fide. Tell a normal non-witch adult. Make them believe. That's not going to work because then Nancy would kill them because Nancy's crazy. We already know that Nancy can look like her whenever she wants. So. Oh yes, we did establish that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I guess there had to had to <laughs> like fill her spirit with Manon as well. Then fine, <laughs> the store true. owner's right. That was the only way. Just a battle of immortals. Just, <sighs> just bang it out. Um, I I just love that. We, this is one of the movies we actually got to watch together, all three of us. And I think Ali, you were the one that hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. And just every few minutes, you go. What? <laughs> Wait, what? Why? <laughs> Why? What is No. <laughs> and I was like, yes, exactly. Like this is kind of the stuff. Like it's a it's such a weird movie because it's it's conceits are very absurd. But its execution is not. Like Tim, you genu- you told me you genuinely believe that this is a solid movie. 
I do. I'm going to call upon you to defend that. I think it's really entertaining, and I think it's really watchable, and I think it does what it needs to do. Like, it's, you, I don't know, I think there's there's a lot to be said for how good Robert Tooney, who is our out-of-towner girl, Sarah, does, and I think there's a lot to be said for how crazy Faroujah Balk is. Yeah. And that it's it's really watchable and it's really fun every time. Like it's it's Mean Girls. It's like you want to watch these teenagers just tear into each other <laughs> with magic. <laughs> I had a good time. I'll say that. Even like okay, but where it turned for me is when they're on the beach and they're all they finally have like their four directions, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so they it's when Nancy, freaking Nancy, like fills her body with mano, <laughs> and then after. There's like all those dead sharks on the beach. Oh yeah, the dead sharks. That was amazing. That was the, amazing. I was like, I don't know what kind of show I'm watching you, still. I feel like they couldn't do direct Satan worship or like say anything with demons because A, Supernatural hadn't come around yet and kind of softened that or like Buffy hadn't come around yet and kind of softened that by making mm-hmm. it more popularized. Well, and an- anime, I think softened the whole demon thing because the way we translated, you know, the the Japanese word for like the gods of the forest or whatever was like demon. Yokai. Well, they actually have like demons more like classical demons in Japanese. They're called yokai. Oh, okay. And there was there was a show that had a lot of that in the nineties, but I don't know if it was as widespread. So I don't I don't know. Yeah. The 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 point being like they didn't want to go Satanist, so they went with kind of a cop out and were like, oh, it's not Satan. It's not god like christian god it's the great spirit that is beyond both of them that encapsulates all of nature and existence and that may that may kind of reflect the sort of defense of paganism that came up in the 90s yeah after in the in in the aftermath of these these are these are pagan witches but Mm -hmm. like with a brand of paganism that you cannot find on google yeah (laughs) dory's tried I haven't tried. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought you had. I, I, I am I, not a witch. I know not what a I witch, what a witch be if God will give you blood to drink. That's a, that's a thing that people said. Mm. Um, I, I was going to bring up something else. Oh, yes, this. So, you were saying a minute ago, how does a, a shop in L.A. have a big witch clientele? Well, I will tell you. Kenneth Anger, that's how. Okay. <laughs> Kenneth Anger, the famously occult filmmaker. I think he was the one who uh, Bobby Beausoleil of the Manson family was like his muse. There is a long tradition of witchcraft in Hollywood. And Kenneth Anger is like the poster boy of it because he was a big old Aleister Crowley fanboy type person. But even more interestingly, um, there's a documentary on Netflix I'm pretty sure it's still there. I think it, I don't know if they took it down yet, uh, called Lost Soul. And it is a documentary about an adaptation of the Island of Dr. Moreau that was going to be made. I can't remember which studio it was. Uh, it's the one, it, it was finished eventually. And it is, it's the one it's with real Marlon. And you can watch it and it's, it's bananas. It's the one with Marlon Brando. And it's, yeah, it's like off the, it's totally off the reels as a movie. Anyway, this documentary mm-hmm. tells about how eventually, like originally, it was kind of the passion project of this filmmaker whose name I can't remember. Um, it looks like it's not on Netflix anymore because I'm not seeing it here. But um, it, it, this filmmaker whose name I can't remember basically had done like a bunch of independent, sort of occult themed movies, 
And this was his big shot to do a studio movie. And so they let him write it and come up with his entire cast. And in that cast... Uh, Richard Stanley? Richard Stanley. Nice. Actually, is he the one that directed it or com- that completed it? Because that might not be him. Because um, the director that completed it was not the one who Richard started. Stanley, yeah. Oh, was Richard Stanley? Okay. So Richard Stanley had like kind of a bunch of his friends he wanted to be in the movie. Among them, Ferruja Bulk. Who is in <gasps> the Island of Dr. Moreau. Who is in Island of Dr. Moreau. So he gets all these people together. He's putting this movie together, his first big studio movie. He wants to make sure it goes well. And so in one of his talking head interviews in the documentary, he's like, yeah, so um, I'm from England. I went home to England and there was a warlock there named Skip. And we had him cast a spell over our movie to ensure our success. And... Um, about when we were getting pre-production together, that's when everything Skip had done just started to fall apart on us. And <laughs> what what actually, I don't know, what, what happened from a non-mystical perspective was basically there was just a bunch of contractual nonsense with the actors and with the studio where eventually the studio was like, we've sunk too much money in this thing, we have to produce it, but we're sick of this Richard Stanley guy. Um, Val Kilmer was being a diva and Marlon Brando's daughter died right before he was supposed to go down there. If if you've never seen this Island of Dr. Moreau, the 2004? It came out in 2004? No, 1996. Oh, I was like, Brando was alive in 2004? Uh, Sorry, no, 1996. You owe it to yourself. It's one of the great bad movies of all time. Up there with The Room and Troll 2. Yeah, it's it's incredible because... Yeah, so they had all this contractual nonsense, but in Richard Stanley's mind, this was like karma coming back to get him for playing with witchcraft. <laughs> and Ferruja Balk was in that movie. She's is she actually a witch? No, I don't think so. She, I sorry when she's I asked just, that question, I meant to say really, she's actually a witch. <laughs> she's just really committed. She scared me in, in this a good movie. way. Yeah. Well, I think she's one of those actors who has such a unique looking face that she was always going to get a lot of really extreme roles Mm. because it would be kind of a waste of her very distinct look not to give her interesting, crazy parts. Yeah, she looked so good as a goth. She has since transitioned into television, had a good career. She was Vicky Valancourt in The Water Boy. Which we all, which we all know and love. <laughs> she, she is. When we watched this, the, that's a fun realization, right? Yeah. When we watched this the first time, we watched it with our friends Marlena and Brennan, and Brennan kept saying, "Vicky Valencourt." <laughs> <laughs> it's Vicky Valencourt. Well, I think we're about we're about out of time. Do you guys have any final thoughts about the craft? No. No. Super glad I watched I, it with you guys. Yeah, you owe it to yourself to see it and enjoy it. It's. It's just a fun Halloween movie. And it's like one of those great Halloween movies that's just a little frightening. Mm-hmm. But if you want something that's mostly like Halloween, like themed, flavored, but not like terrifying, it's nice on that level because it's mostly just watching Mean Girls, but with like a paint, like a coat of witch paint over it. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it is Mean Girls with a coat of witch paint. Also, for our friends that don't like rated R movies, uh, it's. It doesn't actually have anything R-rated in it. I think they were just, yeah, they were just worried about the witchcraft. They say the F word mm. one time. There's one F word, which would get Maybe you Maybe two a, or three. Which would, I don't think mm. there's two or three. I think there's one. I think you're right. I didn't know it was rated R. Yeah. 
Is oh. it just because witches? I think pretty much, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, witches this of the 90s. That was kind yeah. of the same reason that... Rated R for... Blair Witch got Witchcraft. an R rating. Rated R for yeah. black nail polish. Mm. Rated R for pirates. I don't... I, yeah. I didn't have a good pun there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my pun skills are dying, so it's time to say goodbye, everyone. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at the Judgment Day Refreshment Committee. You can visit our website, jdrefreshmentcommittee.com. Follow us on Twitter at jdrefcomlove. You can follow us on email. Is that a thing you do on email? Nope. You can send us email at jdrclove at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Dory E. Peacock. You can follow Tim on Twitter at CyberMormon. Uh-huh. Allie, do you have a Twitter that you would like to share with our fans? <laughs> sure. It's uh, at Alistair with four R's. Alistair? Al- Just Alistair. Oh, Alistair. It doesn't. It's fine. We'll we'll put it in the doobly-doo. The Um Yeah, so everybody, I think that is all we have for you today. And um, these are our sign-offs. I always wanted that dinosaur to have a sex scandal. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Remember, we won't judge you, but we will bring the jello salad to your trial. 